Happy Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, or AAPI Heritage Month. A year ago today, the Nuances podcast launched its first episode. For the next six months, Ariadne and I became really good friends as we got to know each other through the interviews we were recording for the show. Soon, I realized that the show filled very different needs for the two of us. Ari grew up near the southern border of Texas, where she was often the only or one of a few Asians. Ari gravitated towards guests who had been part of her life before, and the show was a space for them to process their shared experience that was never spoken about. I, on the other hand, grew up surrounded by Indian, Chinese, and African diasporas. But as a new American, I was starting to experience this otherness for the first time. Becoming American felt heavy. I didn't want to perpetuate the systemic oppression. I also knew I couldn't solve it. I also realized that Facebook debates were futile. I was in search of hope and a way to invite well-meaning people to see me and others like me with more nuance. I was desperate to tell stories that made people question every time they catch themselves defaulting to a stereotype. Why am I thinking that this Asian person is good at math? Is that founded? Why do I think that an Asian woman in music would be making Asian genres of music and not just regular pop music because she was born in the United States? Two seasons and 25 nuanced conversations later, we have touched on diverse subjects such as race, gender, LGBTQ plus experiences, conservatism and Christianity, feminism and Islam, representation of Asian and Asian diaspora in media and music, how Western mental health practices can be hard to adopt in Asian cultures, parenting as a single mom, living with a disability, dementia in the diaspora, diversifying the wine industry through memes, how bilingualism affects the brain, and so many more. Although we recorded two seasons worth, Ari decided to step down after season one because her schedule was already quite loaded with work and with her music. So I've been writing solo behind the scenes, and I will be the only host for the upcoming season. Don't worry, Ari and I are still good friends, and she will make surprise appearances here and there when our schedules align. I'm so excited for this upcoming season. It's packed with fantastic guests and incredible stories. It will also be on YouTube. I started a Discord server so that our guests and listeners can connect. It's completely free, and you can join at nuancespot.com community. The reason for the Discord is because podcasts are a one-way communication. I broadcast to you. But if you enjoy the podcast, chances are you'd get along with other people who like it too. And you and I would probably get along, so I want to get to know you. So why not get to know each other and grow into our own community where we support each other and have a place to ask all kinds of questions like, hey, somebody said this, do you think this is racist? Or have a place to let everyone know about a cool opportunity or event coming up. So feel free to join us at nuancespot.com community. We'd love to have you. If you join, please be sure to introduce yourself in the introductions channel. We want to keep this Discord a small, safe space where everyone feels comfortable sharing, so we will be quite strict about booting out potential trolls. Again, the link is nuancespod.com community. To celebrate AAPI Heritage Month, I thought I'd share some background as well as links to some events you might want to attend online. So a little background on API Heritage Month. In the 1970s, a former congressional staffer, Jeannie Jew, approached Representative Frank Horton with the idea of designating a month to recognize Asian Pacific Americans. In 77, Representatives Horton and Mineta introduced a United States House of Representatives resolution to proclaim the first 10 days of May as Asian Pacific Heritage Week. 
A similar bill was introduced in the Senate a month later by Daniel Inouye and Spark Matsunaga. May was chosen for two reasons. On May 7, 1843, the first Japanese immigrant arrived in the United States. More than two decades later, on May 10, 1869, the Golden Spike was driven into the first transcontinental railroad, which was completed using Chinese labor. President Jimmy Carter signed a joint resolution for the celebration on October 5, 1978. On May 1, 2009, President Barack Obama signed a proclamation 8369 recognizing the month of May as Asian American and Pacific Islander Heritage Month, which is what we have today. Fun fact, did you know that the first documented Asians in the Americas were the Filipinos who arrived in California in 1587? That's right, 1587. If you'd like to know more fun facts and also some not-so-fun facts about the history of Asians in America, feel free to check out Dr. Erica Lee's book, The Making of Asian America. She also has several other great books. Another book that might be a little more uplifting and more contemporary is Rise, A Pop History of Asian America from the 90s to Now by Jeff Yang, Phil Wu, Philip Wang. If you, like me, grew up in the age of YouTube and Wong Fu Productions, you will enjoy this book. Another book I'm reading right now is This Flame Within, Iranian Revolutionaries in the United States by Dr. Manajay Moradian, who will be on the show in Season 3. If books aren't your thing and you'd rather watch movies, please consider getting tickets to the Center for Asian American Media Film Festival happening May 11th to 21st. I attended online last time, and it was a blast. You can go to camfest.com slash 2023. C-A-A-M-F-E-S-T dot slash 2023. For those of you who are in the music industry, the company Blue Buddha Entertainment has a virtual AAPI panel on May 12th, and the link for that is in the show description on the website. I will have a more comprehensive list of books that I've recommended in a new blog post on the website. So if you would like to read some books by Asian American authors, Asian diaspora authors, please check that out. This podcast was created to serve two audiences. For the Asian diaspora, I wanted the representation that we rarely see to help us feel seen and validated. For those who are not in the Asian diaspora, I wanted to provide an entertaining and uplifting way to learn about us, what we bring to the table, the struggles we face, and how to help us. But do it in a way that makes people want to come back every week and hear another story. But what I did not expect was that there was a third audience, and that was the creators, the people who participated in making this possible, including myself, Ari, and our guests. In a couple of recent Zoom calls we did with people who have been on the show, it was amazing for me to see that this podcast has had an impact on everybody who's been involved, whether it's listeners or guests or the hosts. The show has been a safe space for guests to share their true self with vulnerability. It sometimes was the first place where guests were invited to explore their relationship to their Asian identity and how it shaped them. And some guests said that being on the show emboldened them to talk more about their experiences with others. That is so cool. Ari and I are really proud of that. I've received many messages from listeners thanking me for showing that representation that we don't see often enough. 
To be honest, these messages have kept me going, when at times I was super exhausted and emotionally drained. So thank you listeners for letting me know that this is something that you want and something that is helping. For some listeners, it was the first time that they realized that Asian Americans experience racism to this day. And for those listeners, thank you so much for tuning in and for listening to our voices. But perhaps the most surprising part for me was how the podcast changed to me. Talking to all these amazing people with such diverse experiences has really made me reevaluate my own relationship with my culture. It has helped me gain more empathy and compassion for generations that came before me. As I learned about intergenerational trauma, the way Western psychology can sometimes be maladapted for our cultural support systems. Season 1, episode 3, Tony told us about how hard it can be for refugees who fled war and fought poverty all their life to understand their child's depression and need for mental health when they're living in a relatively safe and abundant place. Episode 5, Oslin talked about doing everything she can to break that cycle of trauma and make sure that she does not pass her trauma onto her kids. That was so inspiring. Episode 9 with Sally, I learned that putting up a fight is worth doing even if we know the battle won't be won anytime soon because we cannot desist from the work but we also don't have to finish the work. I've also realized that I have much more agency than I was conditioned to believe. Rahul, first guest we had, taught me that there are good people even in seemingly unlikely places. But you have to be willing to put yourself out there and take a chance on people just as you'd like them to take a chance on you. And that's a reminder that I needed. I look 100% Chinese, and throughout my childhood, I often envied people who were mixed race because they were seen as more beautiful. Conversations with Lisa, Summer, Nathan, and Offering Rain explored how this aesthetic is based in colorism and how mixed race kids often struggle with their identities more than we realize, as well as their looks and whether they are enough of one or the other. It's something that I had never really thought about much as somebody who is just Asian. If you've listened to any episodes in this podcast, you know that food is a huge part of our cultures. I loved hearing Josh and Justine talk about how it is high time for the wine and beverage industry to shed its Eurocentric standards and give Asian food the attention it deserves. Even more than that, I love how Josh is pushing diversity even further by changing the language and environments that are deemed acceptable in the wine industry. I learned so much about the Asian diaspora's LGBTQIA plus experience through Tony, Edmund, Cece, Sally, Offering Rain, Josh, and Masaru. Especially now, it is so important to show our support and fight for their basic human rights. And I hope you will join me for many more conversations with the LGBT community coming in season three and beyond. As someone who has only lived in diverse, progressive places in North America, like Toronto and San Francisco Bay Area and Los Angeles, I learned a lot from Ari, as well as many other guests who grew up in the South, like Neil, Edmund, Rahul, Nathan, and Charlene, and guests who grew up in the Midwest, like Oslin and Rod. Although I am agnostic, which means that I don't really care if there is or isn't a god, I make it a point to have guests of various faiths. Religion is a tough topic for me, as I'm sure it is for many, but it gives me hope to see that our religious guests question and call out their faith institutions when they do not align with their values. Qasim called for Muslim men to help end misogyny and domestic violence, and he very vocally decried misogyny in some Muslim communities, as it is not what is preached in the Quran. Jess called out churches for providing inadequate mental health guidance that can have serious consequences 
Nathan called out the religious right for their double standards of preserving the fetus's life but not supporting born children, women, LGBTQ people, or people who are suffering from gun violence. I doubt I will ever join a religion because I feel that religious institutions are often misused to promote violence and oppression. But it gives me hope that some people within those institutions are trying to steer things in the right direction. As a music artist, writer, and producer, it has been a blast for me to get to talk to my fellow Asian diaspora peers in the music industry. Heir apparent, Tony, Summer, Jess, Judy, Rod, Rahul, Oslin, Edmund, and Wadi. I often felt like the lone Asian at music industry events that I was attending. But getting to know these amazing musicians, artists, and producers has given me a renewed sense of community. More than the diverse cultures under the API umbrella, I wanted to talk about topics that we can all relate to. Some of them were super fun, like when Dr. Chung Fat Im told us about how bilingualism literally changes our brain, or when Daryl told us about how he ended up working with his childhood heroes. Some were more sobering, like when Nicholas told us about how dementia affects our community. I try to keep things interesting and bring on guests who are in different fields of expertise, who have very different stories, so that you all come back for new episodes. And I really hope that you do, because there are some really good stories coming up in season three. I'm not ready to tell you when season three is coming out yet, but I can say that it is soon. In the meantime, for AAPI Heritage Month, I will be posting bonus episodes where I highlight resources, events, books, art, and other podcasts that you might be interested in. Once again, if you would like to join our Discord, go to nuancespod.com community. If you'd like to leave comments or feedback about the show, you can do so on Apple Podcasts as a review or any other podcast, or you could go to our website and use the contact form there. There is also a way for you to support the show if you would like to do so. This would help me offset any financial costs. Totally voluntary, whatever it is that you can afford, I will greatly appreciate it. And if you can't, that's totally okay too. I hope to see you on the Discord, and I will talk to you very soon. Happy AAPI Heritage Month. My name is Lazu. I'll see you soon for another Nuance Conversation. Mm-hmm.